Everybody gather around. You know what time it is. That's right. It's time for the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Trust, proud legacy partner of the Chicago Cubs and exclusive home to Chicago Cubs checking. Open online today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs. Now we have a busy episode ahead of us. That's because on Monday, just in case you were living under a rock and you didn't hear the news, but Jed Hoyer, he was introduced as the new president of baseball operations for the Chicago Cubs, taking over for Theo Epstein, as we know, who resigned last week from his perch in a busy show, as promised, Len Casper. He's riding along as well as Bruce Levine. He's our Marquee Sports Network contributor. So without further ado, let's get down to business. Jed Hoyer, he's joining the podcast. Thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. And one thing that I really took away from your introductory press conference was that you said the grass is definitely not greener anywhere else. And you're so glad you made the decision to stay in the city of Chicago. What went into your decision to accept this new role? Yeah. And I, and I mean it, you know, I've been really fortunate. Um, I grew up, you know, working with the Red Sox and going to Fenway Park every day. And then I, I came here and I've been here for nine years. And I think having had both those experiences, this made me realize that, you know, there's 30 major league baseball team, but I just think there's a couple organizations in baseball that are sort of crown jewels that are like the heartbeat of the city. And that really means a lot to me in terms of my job satisfaction, you know, how excited I get about it, that I know how much people care about the Cubs. And, and that, that's a wonderful thing to, to know that when you come to work every day, you can really impact the mood of an individual person, the mood of a, of a city. Uh, and that was a big part of it. So, you know, I've had opportunities to go elsewhere. Um, I think candidly, if I thought Theo was going to be here for, you know, another five years, I probably would have would have gone. But, um, you know, I knew he had this sort of this 10 year plan. And so um, I just decided with with my wife, Meryl, he decided that this was the right place for us. And I would stay here and um, and try to take over when Theo left. And uh, I couldn't be happier that it worked out. Chad, uh, congratulations, first of all. A lot of hard work and uh, sweat put into this and a lot of success along the way. That said, the, the anxiety of the fan base and, and maybe to a, a large degree in your front office right now circles around uh, the, the core four and the possibility of these great players who helped win a world championship for your team being somewhere else after 2021. What is your approach going to be in the offseason toward the Bryants, the Rizzos, uh, the Baezes, and the Schwarbers? And uh, is there something that uh, concrete that you feel you'll be able to uh, do over the next few months to answer that question? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't comment on any guy individually. Um, I think we've been really clear over the last couple of years that you know, there's no way contractually to keep all these players in 22 and, and beyond. Uh, it's not realistic. Um, you know, I love what these players have accomplished. Um, I've grown to, to really care about all of them individually as people. I know their families. I mean, we, we drafted and developed them, and then we've, we've watched them grow. Um, but realistically, that's, that's not uh, a possibility. We, we can't keep all these players in, in, in 22 and beyond. And so I think that has to be a, a part of our thinking and decision-making process over the, the next year. Um, that's the reality of professional sports, that you get to a place where – you know, these guys are going to want to spread their wings and, and potentially, you know, get paid significant dollars. And we, we have to make some hard decisions. So um, I can't comment on any guy individually as far as it, at, as 21, um, the 21 season. 
um, as it relates to that, but I can say that, you know, we have to you know, face realities. We can't have every player going forward in 22 and beyond. Hey, Jed, congratulations. I uh, particularly enjoyed you pointing out every uh, tiny flaw uh, Theo uh, has, including what the two songs I think he said that he knows how to play on guitar. <laughs> that was outstanding. Um, you also mentioned the fact that a lot of the conversations you guys have was about all the stuff that went wrong. And I guess it's a two part question. Um, there's a balance there, right? In, in, in this sport and in your position, because there is a lot of failure. Uh, you know, the player who goes three for 10 is hitting 300 and he makes seven outs, um, you know, pitchers and pitching coaches and managers. And it's a really stressful job. So I guess how do you kind of maintain that balance of really enjoying the good times? And the second part of my question is, were you general manager? Will he have to have a Twitter account? <laughs> I'm worried about that account. There's an unemployed person that has control of it, you know? <laughs> so, you know, I mean, with Theo, listen, we've been together for so long and, you know, I love him and, and we've had all these great experiences. And when I said that about the negativity, um, you know, I think that's the nature of, of trying to be successful. I think that you're, you're more likely to be self-critical. Um, you know, you don't want to sit around and congratulate yourself for the, the trades that went right. You want to think about why things went wrong. Was that, was the process right? What could we have done differently? And so, you know, a lot of our time is spent doing that and, and learning from those mistakes and trying to figure out what went wrong. And sometimes it's luck, you know, baseball that happens, you know, sometimes things don't work out for whatever reason and it was unavoidable, but that's never usually how we, we think about it. Um, the way I try to think about baseball and I would emphasize try because I'm not always successful, but, um, to a certain extent, I think a baseball season's a little bit like, like watching your stock portfolio. I think if you watch it every single day and react every single day based on every little up and down, you can kind of drive yourself crazy and, and maybe make some really bad decisions. Um, I think you have to focus on underlying numbers. You have to realize that luck is a real part of this game. And so you have to try to think about different um, metrics that stable, stabilize faster than, you know, maybe base hits or, or ERA or things like that. So um, it's a challenge, you know, uh, I was looking the other day at uh, Tommy Lasorda's record, and um, I'm going to get this slightly wrong, but I want to say that um, he finished his career like like 169 games over over 500. And I thought to myself, you know, all those years he managed, and he's in the Hall of Fame as he should be, and he was 169 games over 500, which I think it was like a 52% winning percentage. And you realize that. You know, 48% of the time, this Hall of Fame manager went home disappointed. And that's just the nature of our game. And you have to try to maintain an even keel and you have to try to maintain perspective because the truth of the matter is, is that the losses do feel worse than the, win, the wins feel good. And you have to learn to live with that. And you have to learn to appreciate the good and understand that ultimately um, it's a process whereby, you know, winning 55% of your game games makes you excellent. Jed, let's continue our line of questioning here today because as a former pitcher and shortstop for Wesleyan College in Middletown, Connecticut, you were able to go to a D3 College World Series. And when you talk about your playing experience, how will that translate into your new role in the front office? Yeah, um, as I joke about all the time, you know, I, I feel like my playing experience was a long time ago. Um, 
I can barely play catch with my kids now, so it, it feels really far away. But as I always tell people, you know, I wasn't talented enough to, to play in the big leagues. Um, I knew that uh, pretty early on uh, in college. Um, but it doesn't mean I wasn't paying attention. It doesn't mean uh, I didn't love the game that much. I wasn't always thinking about it. And so I realized if I wanted to to stay in this game and I wanted to have a future in this game, I had to think about a different avenue to do it. And so I ended up getting involved in coaching and then obviously got involved um, in the front office with the Red Sox. So uh, I think my playing experience just is an indication that I loved the game, I loved playing, and um, I've continued that love of the game ever since. Chad, uh, pitching has been a strength of this organization for a long time now. Uh, it's been key to some of the championships and divisions that you've won. But uh, it's come with a price, and that price is that um, because you haven't developed a lot of your own pitching that you've had to spend a good deal of your payroll on pitching. How, uh, the, how will the organization try to change under you as the president as far as flipping that and uh, hopefully having more success developing your own starting pitching and relief pitching as well? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, we certainly have not uh, done a good enough job developing pitching. And I think that work's already started. Um, about a year and a half ago, we really started overhauling um, our minor league pitching development. Um, you know, Craig Breslow um, is our director of pitching. I think he's done uh, a brilliant job. And we hired some guys from outside the organization um, to be our pitching coordinators and, and Casey Jacobson and, and James Ogden. And I love the work they're doing. Um, and I think we're going to get where we, where we need to go as far as pitching development. Um, but, yeah, you have to be self-critical in this game, and we haven't done a good enough job there. And um, it has made us uh, inefficient, um, having to trade prospects for pitching, having to sign free agent contracts uh, for pitching. And, um, yes, we've been successful, and we've had really good major league pitching, but it's come with a price, and, and we don't want to pay that price forever, and we need to – to get to a point where um, our pitching development um, is outstanding. And I think we're on the, on the right track. Jed, you said something interesting in your news conference earlier about just how much the game has changed uh, since you were the general manager in San Diego. And I think of the other sports, right? You could argue the NBA is as analytical, if not more so uh, than baseball is right now. I think the NHL has gotten to that point and even um, uh, your other favorite sport, the NFL, as well. Uh, as you talk to people in other sports, have you found that you've picked up some tips that have really helped you do your job? Uh, I know your strength and conditioning uh, uh, duo uh, came over from an NFL background. You know, how important is it to kind of expand your horizons and talk to people in other sports right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I love I love talking to people in other sports. I think you can always learn a little something. Um, you know, soccer has a very similar, you know, player development um, structure to us. And so I think there's always really valuable talking to soccer people about that. You know, one of the challenges is that baseball um, is sort of a kind of a, a closed source uh, sport. You have the pit, batter pitcher matchup. And, you know, some of the things that happen in, in football or basketball or soccer with more of an open structure, uh, those things don't relate very well. But in particular, um, as you mentioned, the high performance and strength and conditioning part, the sports science, that really relates well. And I just feel like in general, you know, the time I can spend not thinking about baseball, if I can talk to people in other sports or even t 
talk to people in the business world, investing world, whatever it might be. Um, you know, learning is a, a wonderful thing and, and I can always get better. I can always get smarter. Chad, as far as your, uh, your career going forward, you've already mentioned you're going to hire a general manager and take your time. Uh, that said, what are you looking for? What type of individual are you looking for to fill that role, knowing that uh, you've had such a close relationship with Theo and it was uh, a tremendous, uh, tremendous amount of disagreeing, but still agreeing at the end of the day that got you a lot of the success going forward. How, how difficult will it be to pick out that guy for you? Uh, it is really hard. You know, I, I don't want to use my relationship with Theo as sort of an impossible standard. Um, we got to know each other when we were 28 years old. Um, we had pretty similar backgrounds. And, you know, I think in some ways that relationship, um, I don't expect that again. Um, some of that trust was just built, you know, galvanized through, you know, shared experiences that aren't going to happen again. But I do think trust is, is critically important. You know, we're in tough jobs with tough decisions and you have to know that the person that's, that's right next to you has your back. And so that's something I'm going to look at a lot and talk to a lot of people about those individuals because, um, you know, to me, I always think in, in baseball and really in, in, in any sport, to me, the, the biggest compliment that you can be given is if someone calls you a good teammate um, because it, it has sort of connotations across everything. But if someone says you're a good teammate, it means you think about the right things and you care about the right things and you're a good person. And, and I'm really looking for a good teammate in that role. Jed, uh, 2020 has been a challenging year uh, on and off the field, and uh, there's so much bad news out there. I'm, I'm going to go in another direction here. What good came out of 2020? Maybe from a baseball perspective for you, maybe a little outside of the, that realm. Uh, was it that uh, you can get a lot of things thrown at you and you can still figure it out and get an entire 60-game season in and uh, win a division? Uh, what are the silver linings uh, for you as you kind of look at the organization, maybe the sport? and how it kind of was able to get through 2020? Yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, the two things that jumped to mind is, you know, I probably got invaluable time uh, with my kids, uh, which was great. You know, um, we were out in Arizona during the, the real quarantine period in, in March and April, and there was a, a lot of time to be spent that I, I hadn't been home that much. And um, it was really nice to, to see them. And then the second thing, which is probably not dissimilar, is that um, – I think it forced all of us to kind of take a step back and, and think about things in a different way. And, you know, I definitely look at my, my coworkers differently. I probably interact with them differently. Um, you know, so many discussions about their families and their health. And um, at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. So I do think it's changed our perspective a little bit, um, probably made us a little bit um, more caring uh, as a, as an organization, as a culture. Um, and I, th I think if, if that's a good thing that, that lasts and comes out of it, then I think that's that's excellent. Uh, Jed, it's no secret that you and Theo were able to win three World Series championships, a pair in Boston and one, of course, for the Chicago Cubs. But moving forward, how eager are you to finally bring a commissioner's trophy of your own to Chicago and say, hey, I was finally able to do this. I'm ready, willing, and able to perform this job. Yeah, I mean, that's the goal, you know. Um, I think the three three days in, in baseball that I will re remember the most forever are the, the three parades because that's that's why you do it. Um, you do it to watch a city um, completely changed, um, 
for a whole month. Uh, the excitement, um, the generational aspect of, of baseball, and the number of families that uh, are bonded by those experiences. So um, that's what gets you up in the morning. That's what keeps you here late at night um, is trying to have that parade, trying to have that experience. And um, I'd love nothing more than, than to do that, um, you know, with – with me and in and, and our front office and, and to, to make the right decisions to bring that title here because, um, you know, nothing, nothing in this job is, is more gratifying than watching that celebration. Yeah. We all will remember November 2nd, 2016 for so many different reasons. And hopefully there's a whole lot of November 2nds coming down the pipe with Jed Hoyer as the president of baseball operations for the Chicago Cubs. Jed, congratulations first and foremost on the new position. And thanks so much for taking time out to join Len Bruce and myself here today. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I, I really appreciate it. Back with you here in this special edition of the Cubs Weekly Podcast, brought to you by Wintrust, joined by our Marquee Sports Network contributor. It's Bruce Levine and the voice of the Chicago Cubs, the one and only Len Casper. And Bruce, I'll start with you because today we saw the press conference and it seemed to be the perfect move made by Tom Ricketts. It really looks uh, very good right now for the Cubs because of the continuity factor of having an executive who has been there for all the success and the building over the last nine years. And now, at the same time, a fresh face, uh, somebody with his own ideas, somebody that will bring in his own general manager to uh, help move this forward. So I think you have the best of both worlds. I think that's how the Ricketts family looked at this. Yeah, you make a good point, Bruce, about continuity. And I just want to add on a personal note, um, you know, Jed is so well respected throughout the industry. And the fact that he went from running his own organization in San Diego to come and join Theo in Chicago, the fact that now he gets to head this organization uh, nine years uh, in waiting. It's been a great nine years. There have been some challenges along the way and some amazing successes. And I just feel very happy for him on a personal level uh, that Jed gets this opportunity to lead the organization through at least 2025. Taking a look at social media, an absolute outpouring for Jed Hoyer. You see this one, Jed Hoyer deserves this. Hashtag Cubs, there's no doubt about that. Jed Hoyer taking over as president of baseball operations, softens the blow of Theo Epstein stepping down. Jed is in full control. I trust this guy. Well, I'm sure he's glad that he has your trust. And uh, last but not least, in all caps, it appears as if he's yelling it. Jed Hoyer is my guy. So one thing we do know is so far it's been a busy offseason. Theo Epstein, he resigns. Jed Hoyer, he's given a new post with the Chicago Cubs. So, Len, when it comes to the next domino to fall for Jed, what do you think it's going to be? Well, with all this talk about the core and the 2021 uh, free agency looming, the, the biggest question right now, guys, is a starting rotation uh, that right now only has you, Darvish, Kyle Hendricks, and probably Alec Mills. Uh, you've got free agents John Lester, Jose Quintana, Tyler Chatwood. So I think the starting rotation is probably the biggest thing right now the Cubs are going to have to tackle. Well, and uh, that, that is certainly something very important, but I, I believe addressing the issue of the core four and the name of Chris Bryant being out there and so prevalent in uh, conversations and rumors out there, it appears teams like Washington, the Dodgers, possibly two other teams, uh, looking at bringing in a Bigfoot third baseman. Uh, he's making the most money of any of the core four out there. Uh, there has been some frigid times between uh, the Bryant camp, uh, led by Scott Boris, the agent, and the Cubs. So 
From my perspective, I think uh, keep your eye on the Bryant situation and that happening sooner rather than later. Yeah, moves to be made, but that shouldn't be a problem for the new president of baseball operations for the Chicago Cubs, Jed Hoyer. He's ready to hit the ground and hit the ground running. And that's going to do it for the special edition of the Cubs Weekly Podcast brought to you by Wintrust. But don't forget to download and subscribe to the pod on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast and do so today. We'll see you next time.